leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about the very important topic of understanding your team. This is kind of a continuation of last week's topic with team communication. You have myself, Nathan Westfall, and Michael Moore. How's it going? Good. Uh, We have a lot to talk about this week, but first, two other things we need to talk about. Yes. Let's start with 95 Network. Yeah, so we mentioned this last week, and we're going to keep mentioning this. So uh, we are working with the 95 Network to host a one-day conference specifically for church leaders and pastors. And the 95 Network, uh, they designed their conference experience to serve the unique needs of small and mid-sized church leaders to inspire, encourage, equip them to reach their potential and ultimately to increase their kingdom impact. And so that is happening May 14th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's $35 a person, and it includes all the material and lunch is included. I'm just throwing that out there. I did it's see that, and I was like, maybe I'll go just yeah, for that. You should. Yeah. You totally should. I might. Uh, and so we we personally have worked with them here at City Church. They have been phenomenal people. Uh, both Dell and Austin, who are going to be the two presenters, are very uh, well-diverse people and have got a lot of experience uh, in, you know, church leadership and stuff. And so it's going to be good. Uh, and we'll put the link in the show notes for you guys yeah. to reference to go sign up for. Uh, I'll be there. And you Probably. should, too. Yeah. You should, too. Probably. And Revo Conference is the next thing we got to talk about. <coughs> Revo Conference. Give us a brief intro here. Revo Conference. All right. So the Revo Conference is a conference that City Church is holding not just for our church, but for the church of the capital region and beyond. And so we've got some great speakers lined up. Uh, Right now it's the super early bird rate. It's only $29 a person, and it's October 24th, 25th, 26th. Uh, And we've also got some speakers that were were almost secured that I cannot wait to announce. And I already love the speakers that we have. You can find all of that, revoconference.com. Uh, and then we have Bethel Austin, who's going to be doing worship, and uh, Bethel Team, who's yep. going to be coming out from Reading, uh, and uh, everything from Bethel to Hillsong to everything in between. So it's yep. going to be good. It's going to be it's going to be dope. Yeah, lit, great time. And twenty nine bucks right now, if you get a ticket, is nothing for three days. Yeah, it is absolutely nothing. And so ticket tickets are live. You can buy them. People have already started buying them, and Go so on. it's exciting. So I'm excited. And what's cool is we're going to be able to interview some of these people for the Inside Out Group podcast. Yeah, it'll be great. It's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. awesome. I'm pumped about that. So first question. I'm just kidding. Um, we actually have to introduce someone who's we with us. We do. We have Shannon Howard with us. Shannon. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> She's been sitting here while we've been doing this intro this whole time. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, You know who you are, what you do? Sure. So I'm Shannon Howard. I live here in snowy Albany, New York. Hi, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, but originally from Haverhill, Massachusetts. I'm married to Josh Howard. I don't know. People always call him by his full name. I think that's kind of funny. Do. Josh Howard. Um, I'm an assimilation director at City Church. So I'm kind of over our baptisms when people are new to City Church, kind of helping them to get plugged into groups, learn more about who we are, what we do, what we believe in, get them plugged into serving, um, and just kind of overseeing, I guess, the the experience once people come uh, to City Church. 
uh, my in my nine to five, I guess during the week is as a content producer of the Predictive Index. Uh, so I write blogs, eBooks, guides, emails, pretty much all things content, all things copy, most things marketing. Uh, so that's that's a little about me. Nice. So um, you guys have been married for how long? It'll be two years in May. Two years. Wow, that's crazy. It is. Time yeah. flies. Like. Yeah, and so uh, Shannon and Josh are both very big into like health and fitness and uh, saving the environment. <laughs> and so, side note, I felt very convicted because Shannon was always like, we need to recycle, we need to recycle. And I was like, I never recycle. <laughs> and I'm not being a good steward of God's creation. Mm -hmm. And so, but like out of all of that, like what is one or two uh, things that you like to do in your free time uh, just as a person? Yeah. Sure. So um, my kind of lame hobby is just reading. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's probably number one. But I recently got back into competitive powerlifting, so I'll be competing again nice. at the end of March. Yeah. So that's uh, that's fun. It's a fun sport. It's um, competing against yourself, really, and it's a very positive, encouraging, supportive sport. So really enjoy it. That's cool. She actually, yeah. you know, I was at the gym not too long ago with Josh, and and she was there, and she's like. Michael, your stance is horrible. I need to show you how to do this. And this is how, you, and I'm just like, oh, but she's right. She's totally right. 100% so. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't nice. make fun of me. <laughs> All right. So, Shannon, so you serve both in the marketplace as well as in a ministry setting. What are some of the crossovers that you see in both of these? Sure. So, I think. Um, probably the first crossover I could think of is a sense of purpose. So in each, I think in companies as well as in churches, you have a connection to the mission and vision of the organization. Those yeah. are kind of like the founding force and the driving force behind the organization. Um, I think in both you have systems. So in order to start a company or a church, you need someone with a mission and vision, vision and grit to kind of start it. And then you need people to come alongside and do it. And then as you're growing, you need the people to come in and kind of build systems to scale. And I, I think that's where we're at kind of with city churches is really how do we grow? How do we scale? How do we launch more campuses and impact more people? Mm -hmm. Um, and in business and in ministry, you have people with different personalities and giftings. And I know that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is you've got people with physical and spiritual giftings. And how do you get to know what those are and how do you understand them? How do you right. work with those? Um, how do you know what someone's natural strengths and maybe their natural weaknesses are? Yep. And how do you kind of accommodate those? Um, and I think both environments rely on people relationships. And regardless of the organization you're in, your people are your biggest asset. Um, but they're often ineffectively utilized, I think, both in the church world and in, in um, the workplace. So just mm -hmm. having a better understanding of who the people on your team are and how you can effectively leverage them um, is, is really critical for both. Um, but both, I mean, any organization is comprised of people. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think I definitely think that that's awesome, and and which kind of you know I'll let you bring us into yeah, our next ahead. question because yep. I think this is where we're going to start to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty between the marketplace and stuff. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So next one is, um, what are some things that you see can be taken, um, you know, either or and applied to the other, uh, you know, church business or business to church kind of, where's the crossover there? Yeah. So. I guess starting church to business, Yeah, I think churches are really good at tying people to a vision. So it doesn't matter what church you're going to or 
kind of the varying ways that they approach their faith. There's kind of this underlying idea that Jesus is the center of everything and you're evangelizing the gospel, that you're going out and making disciples of all nations, that that's, that's a great commission. That's the um, driving force behind everything that we're doing. Yeah. And we can all kind of rally behind that. I think in the corporate world, in the workplace, a lot of companies fail to really create a vision that inspires people or a mm -hmm. mission that their people can kind of rally behind. Right. Um, so they're not really inspiring and motivating their people to the fullest extent because they're just not um, really thinking, you know, like, why does it matter? Yeah. You know, and I right. think especially in this day and age, people want to know, like, that what they're doing matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think churches are also pretty good at being merciful with people. This is something I feel like as someone who came from the business world and, and then, then yeah. and then started working in the church world, yep. um, this is something that I'm definitely learning and growing in is that um, it's just being merciful with people. So at City Church, we don't always agree on everything. I think that's... Um, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, we always... No, no we, don't. We, d we definitely don't always agree and we often step on toes because um, we, we get so passionate about things and um, that... But we... We kind of apologize, we forgive, and we move on. I think in, in the sometimes in business, people believe and expect the worst from people. So when someone steps on their toes, they think it's someone coming after their yeah. job, or when someone, um, if they don't agree, they think it's they take it as a personal offense. Uh, I think in the church world, we're much more open to the idea that people are people, but we're yeah. all kind of going after the same thing, and we just have a little bit more grace for people. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just want to kind of echo, and we yeah, talked please, a little yeah. bit about this last week. This really goes back to the five dysfunctions of a team, mm -hmm. right? And the first one is if you have the absence of trust, then you can't handle conflict and communication, and yep. uh, ultimately get results from from all of that. And and I see that both in the church world that there's sometimes a lack of trust with people, which is mm -hmm. what we've been you know really trying to focus in on here at City Church, but then also in the marketplace as as well. Uh, and you're definitely right. Like I've I've worked jobs where Someone comes in who's maybe uh, your authority and they tell you something and you just get frustrated. It's like, well, are they just trying to get ahead? Are they trying to out me because I messed up? Are they, you know, whatever. Is it insubordination? Did I do something wrong or whatever it may be? And there is this absence of trust. But I've also worked for business leaders uh, who have been phenomenal at that. And you know something that's interesting? I just want to throw this out there. I, this is just now coming to me. Some of the best business leaders I've worked for are like, sold out Christians. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And and now that I think about that, like the people who I looked up to in the business world who are phenomenal businessmen, you know, you've you've met Don O'Brien for instance. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. loves Jesus, but man, he is ruthless. We need to get him on this podcast too. Uh, but Side he's note. like yeah, <laughs> he is a he's a ruthless business leader, but it, he does have that aspect of grace and which is what you definitely see in in the church world. So let me let me ask you this Shannon before we move on. Yeah. Because you said a lot of times the vision of the church is uh, it's it's definitely unified. It is you know the Great Commission, go out and make disciples, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and a lot of times uh, in the marketplace, organizations they have a, a lack of vision or a lack of purpose behind their vision. I also see though that with smaller churches, sometimes they get stuck in an old way or an old vision. It isn't a renewed thing. Can you speak to maybe smaller churches? or newer churches that are just really struggling with mission and vision organizationally and uh, just kind of what you've seen, you know, in City Church or maybe even outside of City Church? Well, I think anytime you're looking at mission and vision, you're looking at what are we going after and who are we looking to impact and how are we looking to impact them? Yeah. 
and it's really just tying people to that, you know, tying people to outcomes. How are people making a difference? And I know at City Church, we focus a lot on, you know, we're, we're reaching people who are far from God and bringing them into a growing relationship with Jesus. I think that's something that we can all relate to. Um, and we kind of know what our purpose is. Mm-hmm. So I think for smaller churches, it may not be that you have a bad mission statement, but just, I guess, maybe looking at it and, and having a conversation and, and wrestling it out maybe with your with your senior leadership team and just talking about what are we doing this for and who are we doing this for and, and how are we going to approach this and how do we bring this renewed sense of purpose to our organization so that when people show up on a Sunday, they're inspired and they're motivated to help people yeah. Yeah. and not just show up just to show up, you know? Yeah, to consume, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Um, so let's talk a little now about uh, understanding teams. Uh, you work with multiple teams, and I'm sure there are some different uh, dynamics on them. What are some of the things that you've experienced, both positive and we'll, and we'll do negative too, um, about these teams? Sure. So let's start positive. <laughs> yeah, real quick. How many yeah. different teams have you, just like oh, a yeah. ballpark? Man, ballpark? Because, I mean – like probably like 20 different teams. 20, easily. 20, everything yeah. from executive to volunteer, you know? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. okay. All How right. many teams you work on right now? At I once, don't even know. Right? Yeah. 15. <laughs> it's yeah, 15 out of the 20. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Most of the teams at church and, uh, and marketing and sales at work. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I've, I've been on a lot of teams. Um, and so I've experienced a lot of the positive and negative of working on teams. Um, you know, I've been on teams that are like family, uh, I mean, if we're sitting in my, my living room right now, and on, on the wall there's a picture of Mike marrying my husband and I. <laughs> and then, but then the other people who were there were pretty much people on my team, like mm-hmm. my employees, um, which was really awesome. And so I've been on teams where people are for each other, and they're working collaboratively towards a goal. Their understanding of one another's communication preferences. Yep. They're aware of work styles, languages of appreciation. They're just like, who are you? And how do I get to know who you are? How do I interact with you as another human being? Not just as a coworker, but like as another human being. How do I respect and appreciate you? And I think that these types of teams, they're high performing, they're high functioning, they're highly engaged because there's a personal connection there. Um, I've also been on teams where I felt like I had to spend an inordinate amount of time uh, protecting myself from people throwing me under the bus. Mm-hmm. I worked a job where it was just every other week someone was trying to throw me under the bus for something. Yeah. And I like to think that when you work hard and you have an integrity, that you know that shines through. But it doesn't mean that it's not stressful to be in that sure. environment where people, yeah. that's kind of their job. Um, I've been on teams where people talk over one another and then they run with their own ideas and opinions instead of getting input from other team members or stakeholders. So people who just kind of take and run with it, which can be good in some ways. Sure. I know we'll yeah, talk yeah. about that. But um, I think there's also like how, how do you work on a team? Because you can be motivated and driven, but you also need to at some point kind of reel yourself in and learn how to work as part of a unit. Mm-hmm. Um and then I've been on teams where everybody's kind of doing their own thing, but they're ultimately missing the goal because everybody's kind of working in siloed departments or in, in their different functions, but they're not really thinking as a cohesive unit. Yeah. So everybody's kind of functioning separately um, and individually. And I don't really think that any of these experiences are unique. I think we've all been on awful and dysfunctional teams, and, and many of us have had the opportunity to work on really amazing teams. Uh, and I think the difference is just all in how you approach it. You know, yeah. like how do you, are you taking the time to really understand the people that are on your team and how they work and how they operate and who they are and how they communicate? 
um, I think that's what's what makes the difference in my experience at least and and working on a positive team or kind of a draining team so Shannon one of the things that you just mentioned uh, as far as like working with different teams and stuff that I, I think is interesting actually there's two areas I want to hit on but but for first you mentioned that you had a job or that you were on a team where you felt like every other week you were being thrown under the bus. So how did you, as a team member, deal with the other team member or the team that was, you felt was throwing you under the bus? Uh, just how did, how did you deal with that to be able to still maintain a working relationship with them? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I've been watching this TV show, The 100. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm in the middle of season three. And I started at the beginning of the month. I'm is just like binge watching this. Is this the one about aliens? Not aliens, but they're alien they're abduction. They live in space. Like they live in space. Okay. Live in and space. then they come back to Earth. Okay. Yeah. It's a very twisted. I feel plot like line. I started this, but I definitely did not get past the pilot episode. It's probably not for everyone. Honestly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have really low quality standards Let for me just Netflix say binge watching. <laughs> I've been watching The Punisher, this, and we're gonna get back to the question. I've been watching The Punisher, and it's totally not appropriate for kids but it's been amazing <laughs> so all right so sorry back to the question i'm getting distracted yeah. rabbit trails. no so so there's um there's this coalition right and there's kind of the leader of the coalition there's these 13 clans that are part of the coalition and at some point the clans kind of stage a coup against the leader and they all are like we don't think that you're fit to lead so we're you know we're kind of staging this coup and um she ends up the leader kind of ends up ends up this duel and she ends up winning which is awesome for her <laughs> but uh someone comes to her and says how how are you going to lead this coalition knowing that these people don't back you and that they're not mm -hmm. loyal to you yep. and she was like well you have to understand they were doing what they thought was best for their people right and so i think in the work environment you have to think that people are doing the best that they know how to do. And mm -hmm. I worked in a very dysfunctional work environment that did kind of pit each other, people against each other. So I think that I worked with a lot of young people who maybe didn't have a lot of experience mm -hmm. kind of navigating those uh, that terrain. Mm -hmm. And so they were really doing the best that they knew how to do. You know, it wasn't how I would have behaved. I, right, I really strongly right. believed in the like the value that I was providing and being a person of integrity. Yep. But I can also understand where that environment would cause people to be on the defensive all the yeah. time. Yeah, and I, I think that that's key what you said. If you have a team that does not have an environment to where people can trust each other, yep. mm -hmm. and then you're, you're going to create, naturally, you're going to create hostility in the team with each other. So the other thing, and... And I want to bring this up because I know for a fact churches, especially churches our size and smaller, uh, deal with this. And this is a lot of the growth barriers that churches deal with. But you mentioned silo departments, how it's easy to become uh, focused on your department and not ultimately focused on the mission or the vision of the organization or in, in a ministry context, the, the mission of the gospel. Yep. You get mm -hmm. so focused on that. And so what are some of the kind of like trigger points that you've experienced being on different teams uh, that would, would be kind of like red flags, so to speak, that my department is starting to kind of go into a silo. Mm -hmm. We're going rogue uh, mm -hmm. with, our own, with our own desires. Yeah, I think you see it when um, you don't know what's going on with other teams. So if you're so focused on your team that you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, that's kind of a red flag. If mm -hmm. other people don't know what you're doing, so if you're launching a new program or you change something and people are like, whoa, when did that happen? That's probably a sign that you 
maybe aren't as in touch with other teams as, as you could be or you should be. Yeah. And then I think if you're focused so much on the team goal that you've kind of lost sight of the mission of the company. Like if you're so much I- about advancing your ministry or your department's goal that you're not focused on the ultimate goal of the organization, you're not working collaboratively with other teams to reach that goal, it's probably a good sign that you've kind of siloed yeah. yourself and you're you're working towards your own goal rather than the organization's goal. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I just want to sa- I want to say this cuz just to pastors, leaders out there in in the church realm, if your department is not in line with the mission, if your results that you're getting in the department is different than the results that the organization, especially mm-hmm. in the context of the gospel, should be getting, yeah then there's going to be some form of disunity in there yeah. and you've, yep. g- you've gone rogue. You've gone, you've gone siloed and you may not even realize it may even be with some of the best intentions. Uh, but you have to ask, are the results that we're producing in this ministry or in this department lining up ultimately with the great commission of making disciples? And so Nate, I want to ask you this yeah. because you just got promoted. Congrats. Boom, boom. You know, I wish that we could add like one of those fake, Applause. A clap that. track. I don't do that, yeah, though. a clap track. We don't do that. I don't do yeah. that. Ours are, this is real. This is raw talk, right? <laughs> and so, um, but you you just got promoted, and in your job, you work for a Fortune 100 company. You're pretty successful at your job. Mm-hmm. Um, props to you because you're you're a genius, right? I had, uh, just as a side note, this is a funny story. I want to hear this. this. Yes, yeah. please. I was. Uh, interviewing someone this week and uh he did his linkedin research right so he knew some information about us and he looked at me and he's like oh i saw on linkedin or he's like oh you graduated fr- from u albany and i had to be like nope i'm a dropout but thanks for bringing that up <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Just that's assumed, awesome yeah that's awesome so <laughs> uh, a college dropout yeah. <laughs> and a pastor who's never been to seminary yeah. And That's how. And I didn't. I never went to college. You never no. went to college, and here this is. And this is the best table. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. This is this <laughs> is where life change people. happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is awesome. So, uh, in in your in your world with yeah. your with the company that you're employed with, uh, which is a, a phenomenal company, uh, have you been on teams and have you experienced? Uh, and and I know you just got promoted, so maybe not so much as a team lead, yeah. but have you experienced kind of the red flags in your area, your field? Uh, for siloed departments and it pulling away and kind of what are some red flags and stuff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of that that has happened, and I would say that uh, from what I see, it more so happens between departments rather than uh, teams in the same department, right? So, like, we have development and QA as two separate teams, but they're under the same department. Okay, um, yeah. So they're, I've always seen good communication communication between them. I mean, normally they sit next to each other. We're all intertwined, so it kind of just as is. Right, right. Um, different departments is where you can kind of see this communication rise up. Um, and I would say a couple of red flags that I've seen, and this is kind of coming to light where now it's not red flags. It's just it's happened, right? Right, like You're yeah. in the zone now where bad communication has happened. Um, and it's where you see management or – um, lack of just accountability bring out uh, failure in process. Okay. Right. Elaborate so, on that a little. Yeah, yeah. So um, this isn't necessarily always process of communication, but just process and how something should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, as simple as you know, if I'm in support, maybe um, I don't follow up with phone calls as, sh- as quickly as I should have. I don't, you don't escalate things to development like I should have. Um, small things that like you know. A month later, we'll have a status meeting, being like, "Oh yeah, we got all these problems," and we're like, 
okay, well, you didn't raise just, this issue. We're just now hearing right. about this. And that's a lot of, uh, with certain departments, that's a lot of times how you see it. It's just, we'll have a meeting because something, they always escalate things to their direct boss, right? So as management, you always tend to um, have status check-ins with their boss and stuff like that. And then right. when that boss calls a meeting between the two departments, they're like, oh, what's what's the breakdown here? And most of the time I have to sit in these meetings and be like, I've never heard this before. This is the first right. I'm hearing right. about it. Um, so, and most of that comes from breakdown of process. Um, so that's kind of a, a big red flag in my, my mind book is when I go down to other departments and see how they do things. Um, if I see them not following the steps that they should have, I normally then host a meeting at that point to make sure that I'm caught up to speed and then how we can resolve it going forward. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. And, and I would just say this for like churches, this is something that you have to keep an eye on. Yeah. And we've talked about it in previous episodes, but it is so, so easy for a host team or a serve team or the worship team or even the kids ministry to just to just kind of go go rogue. And I know I know of pastors who have had to to let go to fire Mm -hmm. incredible kids pastors because the kids ministry just went left field and was not sticking to the mission and the vision. And they did not communicate stuff uh, within their team. Both yeah, of yeah. you guys are laughing right now. And She's already sending me stuff for the predictive index. Just so that oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So we haven't even gotten to that. All right. So moving on. Next question. And I'm so stoked about this question. All right. Well, this is in two different parts. So I'm going to ask the first part, and then we'll go to the next okay. one. Okay. All right. Um, what are some of the personality types that people may have? And Shannon, this is towards you. Sure. Yeah. So... Two different frameworks. So I think maybe a simpler framework is Les McEwen, and, and he was on the Carrie Newhoff podcast talking about the synergist. And we've taken this quiz as a leadership team at City Church. And it's and great. There's, yeah, there's, it's free. It's online. We'll, mm-hmm. p- we'll post a link in the show notes. Um, but there's four main types of personalities. So there's a synergist who's the person who kind of gets everybody to work together and, and work towards a common goal and kind of put aside their personal preferences for the the sake of the organization what the organization needs at the time and there's a couple people who are born kind of that way but it's also the only learned style and then in terms of how we're we're born we're made how god made us we have the visionary who's the kind of the person who's the big picture thinker they're the creative they're the person with the the big idea Mm -hmm. and then you've got the operator who's the person that really gets things done you've got the processor who creates the systems and the structure and the organization to really get things to scale and and be repeatable and replicable yeah yeah so i kind of list them in that order because most organizations he says starts with a visionary like 98 percent of organizations start with a visionary someone with an idea for something a vision for how they see just something being different and then an operator comes alongside them, helps them to execute on the vision. And then as they grow, they have more processors get involved. Mm-hmm. And those people kind of create these systems and processes to make sure that what you're doing is replicable, that it's legal, yeah. <laughs> that it's that you're <laughs> like, um, you know, they, they might work in finance, make sure that your bills get paid. Yeah, we'll um, talk about that, I'm sure, in a few <laughs> minutes. Yeah, so. so I think this is like an easy framework. It's a free quiz online. It's just kind of an easy framework to see how people naturally operate and where they naturally fall. And the cool thing about that is that you understand what kind of drives people and, and where they fall just really naturally in their tendencies and then how you can leverage that. Um, 
Now I work at that. At, I work at the predictive index. So, and I do need to disclaimer. You know, anything on this podcast is is my opinion, not necessarily the organization's opinion. Um, but the predictive index is a company that focuses on talent optimization. So, how do you map your people strategy to your business strategy, or you know, in the church sense, your organizational strategy? Right. So you have these goals that you want to meet. How do you leverage your people? How do you leverage your talent to get there? And, um, and so one of the things that we offer as part of our software is a behavioral assessment. And these fall into four category types and then 17 reference profiles. And these give us a sense of people's behavioral drives and kind of, you know, what drives people and what's the need that's behind that. You know, what do they need in order to feel safe or comfortable? And, um, and how can you work with these people? So we have four main categories that people fall into. We have analytical. Yeah, r- real quick. Yep. And I just want to point this out. There's not a bad category or a yeah. bad personality type. Yeah. 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 There's and which all I of thought them have whenever value. I took it, I was like, oh my god, I did horrible on this <laughs> test. I, I did, and, and you're it's like, funny no, you didn't. People look this at it. They read they read the results of their assessment, and I think a lot of us, especially those of us who are more maybe personal development oriented, we look at the bad stuff yeah, or the ways that we can improve, and we're like, oh, my God, all <laughs> I do is come up with new ideas, and I completely drop the ball, <laughs> and I just, like, force all my opinions on people. Mike's raising his hand right. real yeah. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Let me Nobody raise needed hands, you to raise right? your, <laughs> 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 your hand. If you know me, then – sorry, I'll shut up. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but so we have these four different profiles. We have analytical – uh, persistent social and stabilizing patterns. So analytical people are more dominant. And, and when we say dominant, we mean more assertive, more um, independent, creative thinking than extroverted. And they work at a faster pace. And and Mike's pointing at Nathan because Nathan is probably, I sent you the assessment, you can take it. Um, and we'll figure it right out. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? It is, yeah, I'm it on is so yeah. like it's so funny because I've had people take these assessments and they're they're like, oh my god, you read my mail, you read my mail. So we want to reveal his results. At we the should end do of this on the podcast to make that possible. This, this yeah. is so here's, awesome. Okay, so this analytical, is real talk right analytical, now. Analytical, probably people like Nathan. They're generally more task oriented than people oriented. So they're going to focus on getting things done more than they're going to focus on people relationships. And in the workplace, these are often your executives. They may even be people your HR team, they might be on your software team, your, your development team, um, engineers, and at, in, at church, these might be your elders, treasurer, or ministry directors, um, which is funny because you think ministry director, you think people who are people-oriented, but often to be in charge of a ministry, you're creating systems and structure, right, right. Um, and you're, you're kind of doing stuff. So true. I was actually talking about this literally yesterday with someone, is that a ministry director doesn't necessarily have to be the most personable or exuberant or whatever like just not someone that you necessarily want to hang out with but if they can create teams and systems for people who can operate in that way to be able to function uh, with autonomy then they've done their job yeah so yeah so then you have um you have social profiles i fall into this category michael falls into this category these are highly extroverted people compared to the other behavioral drives and i want to clarify extroverted does not necessarily mean People, people, it does not necessarily mean that you are the life of the party. It's just you tend to work with and through other people, which I think is true of both of us. And in the workplace, people in this group tend to focus on relationships. Which is not true with Nathan. (laughs) 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 We're just throwing Nathan under the bus tonight. I know. I love you. I love you. But this is how God created you. So bless you, brother. Seven blessings to you. Game of Thrones (laughs) reference. (laughs) 
Um, in So in the workplaces, people are often in your marketing and sales departments. They're in people-oriented social roles. Um, they're often customer success or customer support people mm -hmm. or even recruiters, people who are just around people all the time and they know how to leverage relationships in their network. At church, these people might be on your host team. Um, they might be working in the kids' ministry. They might be MCs, people who are really good at getting up in front of people and just yeah. communicating. And, and pastors can be more social profiles. Not necessarily, um, but they might be. They might fall into that category. Yeah. Then you have yeah. persistent profiles. These are more dominant than extroverted, but they have a high amount of patience. And not patience in the sense that <laughs> you're... I guess that we usually think of patience. Patience more in you want consistency. You want things to be steady. You want things to kind of be the same over and over. Mm -hmm. um, and in the workplace, people with profiles that fall in this persistent category are generally task-oriented and deliberate, and they thrive when they have control over their own work. And these people are often engineers, bookkeepers, or people whose roles require expertise. So I know that our business and finance administrator has a persistent profile. Yes, praise God. Which we'll yeah. talk about, I'm sure, in a few minutes. Yeah, and this is where every role is valuable because sometimes you're like, wow, these people, they need like control over their own work and they have a high amount of patience and they want to do the same thing over and over. So it sounds totally boring. But, you know, when you're a social profile, maybe that does sound totally boring. Um, but this is just kind of how people are created. And then you have stabilizing profiles. So they have a low amount of dominance. And in this sense, it's it's that they're more consensus-oriented. So it's not mm -hmm. that you're independent and assertive it's more that you're looking at what does the group think how what does everybody else agree upon right. yep. and they have a low amount of extroversion so they're more likely to work through things on their own they're more likely to um come to their like if you come to them with a problem they don't want to solve it right then and there they want to kind of take a step back they want to go and sit on their own and they want to think things through on their own and people with profiles in the stabilizing group are generally steady. They're detailed, and they work well with structure and processes. Yeah, so yeah. these people are your lawyers. They're your data analysts. They're your data scientists. They're your IT people. Um, so totally necessary in organizations, but sometimes frustrating as all get out if you're someone who's really driven to change. Right, right. Um, these people usually work with numbers or information that's required to be really precise and accurate. In the church world, you totally need these people uh, because they keep you out of trouble. And in ministry, these might be your business and finance administrator. So our business and finance administrator falls more under the persistent category, but they might be under a stabilizing category. Um, these might be your treasurers. They might even be legal advisors. So if you're a larger church and you consult with a lawyer, they probably fall under this category. Which I want to throw this just just out there. Yeah. Every church you need a lawyer. I just I just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Like, if there's one thing that we got right whenever we started the church, we had a lawyer since day one, and he has been gold to us. However, I'll bring him an idea or here's and something he that we want to do. And he finds all the ways that it's and not like, going to work. Here's our lease agreement, and he bring. It's literally it cost me. You know, it cost not me, but it cost the church five hundred, eight hundred, a thousand dollars. But it's so worth that amount of money yeah. and his insight because he points out all the loopholes that, you know, you can poke your finger through. So, yeah. Cool. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the Inside Out group. Uh, if you have any questions for Shannon or Michael, uh, feel free to email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org or email or go to the website and see us at the contact button at the top. If you want to find more for Michael Moore, you can find them at Mike Moore ALB or the real Mike Moore.com. Shannon, if you. 
want to shout out your your handle real quick if anyone has anything for you want to follow you anywhere I don't even know your Facebook. <laughs> does, Facebook doesn't count. It's just Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, so I don't two. have Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, there but all go. you're going to see is my cat, and uh, and <laughs> probably lifting at the gym. Jumbo. Yeah, it's at Shannon Legacy Howard. Awesome. Can yeah. you spell that? And you can also yeah. DM her, and she'll respond. Or just give out your email. That's easy. A smaller <laughs> response. Just, just, give just email. Will be attached to yeah. the, to the yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can find me online at youneedashannon.com. That's I love it. There yeah, you go. That's Perfect. my. <laughs> all right, we'll include that. Um, but we want to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.